Hey there, everybody. It is Taylor. I just wanted to let you know that we have a brand new sponsor for the show, Libertas Alive. If you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you've seen me wearing some of this awesome, awesome Catholic gear. I love Libertas stuff. Uh, and I know you will too. So a couple things about Libertas. It means freedom in Latin. I, and yes, uh, for those of you who have listened to the show before, I'm not smart enough to know that. I'm reading off of a text that uh, the guy who started it sent me. You've heard him before. Uh, he's been on the show to talk about his recovery from alcoholism and how he's doing so great now. We love Leo. He's great. So that's what Libertas means. Alive comes from the idea that we, when we grow closer to God, the more fully alive we are. If you've seen the logo, it's called Navigating with Faith, uh, Navigating with the Light of Faith. Henceforth, the logo is the sun and the compass. Ho- he's hoping to encourage guys to live a high adventure life and high adventure faith. I know this is quick, but if you order by December 13th, we can guarantee that it will be there for Christmas. Some great gear, some shirts. Uh, I just got a hoodie. It's it's dope stuff, man. So go to ForteCatholic.com slash Alive, A-L-I-V-E, to get 15% off all this stuff right now. And maybe one day, just maybe, you'll look as cool as me. Taylor Schroll, recording in the Forte Catholic International Studios, also known as the room where my water heater stays. Uh, John Blevins, this is your first time recording with me here in my home studio. You want to tell the people what you said that I should get while we had some frustrations setting up? Yeah, we had some frustrations setting up about 44 minutes to be exact. And uh, no, I was no, like, hey, no, 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 no. It like is, 40, th- is 3.44 now. Uh, you were late. So By four s- minutes. S- it was not four minutes. Some of it, it was, was your- 3.04! Some of it was your fault. Most of it was my fault. I apologize. And I said to you, you know, hey, you should probably just like get your own little studio in your house or something, you know, get some good Wi-Fi. And you then said, I'm in my house. This is my house. And I couldn't figure out how to do a certain thing. But that certain thing is totally going to to pay off in our second segment, which in in the second segment, John, you've been you've been on the show as a guest, which is where we where we fell in love with each other, or maybe mm-hmm. I fell in you, maybe it was like junior high all over again for me. But uh, and, and then and then later on, you came on as a co-host, so you know what happens in the second segment, John. What happens in the second segment? In the second segment, we do an interview. We do an interview. We always have a guest, and they come in, and it's great. Well. Uh, We've got something special in our second segment today. We will be joined by someone, and that someone's name is none other than a fellow co-host, our friend, Father Anthony Sharapa. Um, it will not be live, but we will be live. I, it, it'll all make sense later, but stay tuned. I know tuned. him! You do know him. Is that, a, is that a Christmas reference for Elf? Of course not. It's Advent. I'm a rad trad. No, you're not. Um, so, <laughs> John, I had an absolutely wild week. Uh, so... A couple things happened this week. One, uh, I shaved off my beard for the first time in 21 months, and it freaked people out. Yep, uh, I'm still freaked out. <laughs> I look very different. We'll talk about that in the third segment, because that's the third segment. The second is Father Anthony's strangest guest appearance he's ever made on a podcast ever. Uh, the first one, I have to get your feedback on something and share a very fun story. You ready for this? I'm I'm really am excited to hear this. Okay, I Taylor Schroll, 
uh, high school campus minister at St. Joseph's Catholic School, high school track coach at St. Joseph's Catholic School, uh, and big fan of the basketball team. I can't coach the basketball team, even though I've been asked to in the past, because it, it, I just can't do it with my schedule. I want to be fair to the boys. But I love these boys. I'm super supportive of them. I have been to every single one of their basketball games this year. They're 6-0, and which doubles their win total from last year. Uh, kind of nice. like the Lions. Next year, yep. I hear you. Okay. Uh, how many wins do they have this year? Three right now, and they'll have two more, and so double next year, make a 10. I can see double three happening for sure, for sure. Uh, But um, I love these kids. I love this school. And I went to their game with my six-year-old son because we've gone to every single game so far. They had one away game. It was in our town, and they've had five home games. So we have have been to every game. And every time I go, the same father asks me, which one is yours? Like, which one is your son? And every time I have to look at him and say, this is my son, the six-year-old sitting next to me. He's like, why are you here? It's so strange. I've been involved in these young men's lives. Uh, but the big part of this story is I went to the game. And I'm a very passionate person. People know this. Yep. I, I, yell, I yell quite a bit. Um, and my yelling got me kicked out of a high school, Catholic school basketball game, kicked out of the gym where I am a coach and where I am the campus minister. What Taylor. <laughs> Taylor, what did you do? I I stood up for the reverence of the game of basketball. I stood up for the ones that I love. And I did this all very loudly. I want to hear at least a little impression of it, or I want to definitely hear the choice words that you used. I did not use any choice words. Nothing that I said was wrong. It was just the fact that it was very loud. Okay. We go to the basketball game. And one of my confirmations, actually my two confirmation students who I was like their confirmation sponsor, right? Just a few yep. weeks ago. They're the two best kids on the team. So obviously I'm close with these young men. One of them got a technical foul about five minutes before I got kicked out. Uh, he got a technical foul because if you're familiar with basketball, if you... I am. Are you? you you're, a, you're a chubby white guy, so I wasn't going to assume. I was not chubby until I was 23 years old, okay? I was a Division One athlete. Wait, were you really? Yeah. Keep going. What 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 sport? Soccer. Did I you? didn't end up doing it because I broke my ankle my senior year, but oh, yeah, keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you weren't a Division One athlete. That's what I thought. Yeah, I decided not to go to that school. Keep going. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, caught you in a lie. So you're the person. No, oh, at no, fault I'm, I'm, I'm being 100 serious. Well, I was very good I, at soccer. I know you think that you're a and Division One athlete, but you never participated. So I, I am not a Division One athlete. <laughs> okay, so uh, he, so basketball. If you fall on the floor, what is the thing that you cannot do otherwise with the ball? You fall on the floor with the ball. What is the thing that you cannot do for it to be considered traveling? The thing you cannot do. That's a really weird way to. Answer the question. You can. I know is, is a dumb way to ask me. You can't <laughs> uh, like, when you when you are there. The thing that you cannot do is stand up because that would be traveling. Right. Okay. Hundred percent. Kid stands up, passes the ball, and my confirmation student, who uh, you know has learned a few things from me, jumped up in the air and put out his hands like, "What the heck was that?" He didn't say anything. He just jumped as high as he could and like pointed with both hands. Okay, the so the other team the other team traveled and got away with it and he said what's going on. Right. He didn't say a word. He just jumped up and gestured with his hands and the referee gave him a technical foul. Now, okay. this is ridiculous. 
uh, one, I was like, after the game, I was like, okay, you probably shouldn't have jumped. But, you know, whatever. Um, it got completely silent. Completely silent. Dead silent in the place. Everybody else was kind of complaining about the technical foul. And it, as it got real quiet, I just yelled, he was right. <laughs> 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 so that was the first thing, okay? About two or three minutes later, one of our students um, was on a fast break. And right in front of the referee, got shoved in the chest. And from the three-point line, he was running full speed. From the three-point line, he hit the ground, and his body slid all the way into the wall behind the backboard. And the ref was like, nothing. No foul whatsoever. So that was the first thing. I'm already kind of on edge, right? And then the big play. The play, the moment where I get kicked out. Right in front of the referee... There's there's a there's a scramble for a loose ball. One of our students, a young man who 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 I think is great. I've okay. I've spent a lot of time with him. He gets jumped on. Like literally the the kid he has the ball on the ground. Another kid comes and jumps on top of him, flails his arms, elbows him twice in the face. Like elbow like flails his arms to the right, elbows him in the face with his right elbow, flails the other way, elbows him in the face with the left elbow, and then kicks out both feet. Like, trying to kick him. He missed. He missed the kick. But essentially, like, and the, the ref is 14 inches from where this is happening and staring at And the kid at who it. does this has the ball. The kid who elbows him has the ball? The, no, no, no. Our kid has the ball. The, okay. the opposing wow. team comes and jumps on tops of him and elbows him twice in the face. I've watched the, wow. I've watched the video evidence 25 times. I stand by uh, that it was absolutely ridiculous that this was allowed to happen. So essentially, I start yelling. What I saw in real time was that he kicked him in the face. That was incorrect. He did not kick him in the face. He elbowed him twice. So that was okay. my mistake. He did, I started yelling that he kicked him. He kicked him. You got to call that. And, uh, and, the, and then the play stops because they call a foul on us like five seconds later. And I'm in the middle of yelling at the ref like, you cannot let that happen. And he turns around and he points at me and he yells, if you want to stay in this game, you need to shut your mouth. Okay. And I haven't I telling someone telling a grown man to shut their mouth while yelling at them is not a thing that Taylor takes very well. It's not Okay, I'm very I did not think this is where this was going to go. I'm very excited. So, from that moment until I walked out of the building, he he threw me out for my he says uh well, he says you need to shut your mouth. And when I get yelled at to shut my mouth, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I kept yelling. <laughs> I was like, you need to call the game. You need to protect these boys because it was just ridiculous. Like people are going to get hurt. We've already had two kids. One get thrown across the gym. The other one elbowed twice in the face and they're not calling anything. And I, out of my passion, my care for these boys, I want to see them protected. And I didn't feel like that was happening. I let him know. Uh, he threw me out. And I don't remember what happened from the moment I got up. I didn't remember until I watched the video. I, uh, I didn't remember what happened from that moment until I got out of the building. So my six-year-old son is with me. <laughs> oh, loves, yeah. I forgot about yeah, that part. Loves going to the game. I say, come on, let's go. And I, and I kind of grab his hand. We walk out. And I start walking like through the court to get out of the game. And I get a standing ovation from our crowd. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I walk out. My son looks up at me and says, Daddy, why are we leaving in the third quarter? I said, Daddy's angry. He said, okay, because he's used to me yelling because he lives here. So, okay, <laughs> that's the story. I want to hear your first, like your many responses because I feel like you have many. 
I do have many responses. The first I have is we are very, we're very similar in a lot of ways. Um, and I think our passion is one of those ways. Neither of us but, were division one athletes. Keep going. Okay. Okay. But I like, I definitely am pretty non-controversial towards referees in person. Uh, I will, I will yell at a referee on TV if it's a professional sports or college, probably not high school. Um, and so I always feel bad for the refs. I'm always that guy who like, if I go to a game and a guy's getting just like reaming on this ref, I'm just looking at him like, man, there's no way this guy does this as a full-time job. He's, he's trying to make some extra cash, probably has kids at home. And so my mind always goes there and I'm always like mad at the parents yelling, but at the same time, like people can actually get hurt in sports and in, in high school sports. And if they're not calling a, a, a game, it, yeah, it affects the safety of the players. It affects the season. Uh, if they lose those players the rest of the season, it sounds like they're having a good year as well. And so every game matters and the rest of the season obviously matters as well as far as their health goes. I'm shocked actually though. I kind of figured you'd be the guy who if someone yelled at you, you would be like, all right, sir. All right. But I do think you're calling the game wrong, but okay. I'll, I'll, I'll calm it down a little bit. See, but you went at it. He, here's the thing. Uh, I, when he turned around and started yelling at me, my initial response was to, was to calm down, to be like, okay, like I get like, I'm not the kind of person that's going to yell at a ref for a bad call. I, I've learned yeah. this about myself recently. Like I get upset about it. I'll chide. Like if you were sitting next to me, I would say like, that was a terrible call, like travel, yeah. you know, like whatever. But I realized like the difference with this is that it was, it was safety of players within two and a half minutes of play. Right. Yeah. And in multiple instances, so, but even at then, even then, I was gonna calm down, and then, like, I fe- I guess he felt like I was trying to show him up, which I was like, I I guess I was I wasn't I, that wasn't my intention, but I could see how he would take it that way, right? And that would be fair for him to take it that way. But all I really cared about was the safety of the players and like just the ridiculousness that like, like if you were just walking through the through like in your neighborhood and someone gets elbowed in the face twice like you're gonna react i would hope you know like that that can't happen you can't allow that to happen i was he i as i was starting to calm down as he yelled at me and then his when his last words were you need to shut your mouth it's just like just the complete like complete lack of respect that's been a big thing for me growing up like i've learned a lot about myself and what triggers me and what doesn't it's like safety of players which is a healthy one and just feeling disrespected, which may or may not be as healthy. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Do you, like, have you had a chance to talk to any of the players or anything like that? Or is it just kind of blown over? Okay, I have. And here's here's the thing. So I have been this passionate my entire life about things that I care about. And sports has been a huge part of that from before when I started trying to live out being a good Catholic boy and and up until now where I attempt, right? So I got kicked out of multiple games as a player. I've never been kicked out as an adult, which I, which is crazy actually to me that this is the first time that I've been kicked out and I've been not in high school for 12 years. Okay. But secondly, I'm never quite sure since I've been trying to grow into being a better person, I'm never quite sure which of the things that come extremely naturally to me need to change and which ones don't. Like there are some things that have been obvious. Like I struggled as a young man with how I looked at women. I have had to fix that and try to continually over time fix that problem, right? My anger towards people has been a problem in the past. I've worked through a lot of that. This was obviously anger, right? But here was the thing. I was really worried. Not, I wasn't really worried. I'm not going to lie. I'm 
I'm one of the kind of people that like if I do an action, I did the action, and there are going to be consequences for it. But I did what I did, and like if you ask me, would you do the same thing in another situation? The answer would be yes, because it's what I did. It's what came naturally, right? So I was a tad worried about what a couple of people thought, because this basketball team is all of the kids. I am their campus minister. I am their track coach. It's all the same kids. I was two of their confirmation sponsors. I have been their Bible study leader every Sunday morning for a year. I've been their small group leader since they were in sixth grade. I'm a part of these young men's lives, and their parents have entrusted them to me for five years. So a lot of those parents were there. I cared what they thought, and I cared what my athletic director, my friend, my track co- co- uh, I almost said co-host, my track uh, assistant coach, yep. and uh, the basketball coach. I wondered that that is all one person. I wondered what he thought because he's very mild-mannered, very calm. And th- so I came and dropped my son off at my house. And I went to go work out and listen to angry rap music because that's what I do in these types of moments, right? <laughs> I found out that night, my boss, who was sitting next to me the entire time, the president and founder of Ablaze Ministries where I work at, in youth ministry. Oh, he, he was at the game. He was sitting right next to me. And I, we started texting he, him and a few other people texting me the final score, you know, just to be like, hey, we won. C- congratulations, right? And I asked my boss... Like, what did you and the other parents of these boys think about it? They were like, we absolutely loved it. You stuck up for our boys, and we appreciate it. And I was like, okay, that's not the reaction that I expected. And then I talked to the athletic director, and he let – I will not reveal what he said, but we'll just say that he was was on my side and not upset with me at all. And I have become – Somewhat of a godlike figure at the school over the last <laughs> over the last week or so, I've become a hero to those boys. They and one student walked up to me, who I'm not as close with, but who plays on the team. He walks up to me with his hand extended to shake my hand for the entire length of this hallway, which is about forty feet long. He shakes yeah. my hand. He says, "My respect for you as a man skyrocketed that day. Thank you." So. I feel extremely validated for getting kicked out of this high school basketball game. <laughs> and it was one of, it's one of those weird things that like I thought it was going to have a very negative reaction and it didn't. And I'm still like figuring that out and why that is. Fascinating. Do you think that uh, like will you see this ref again? I'm not sure. I hope Throughout I do. the season. I hope I <laughs> you do. hope you do. I are you going to would you apologize? No. So, OK, uh, we'll get into this later. But again, I shaved my beard th- that week that week. I really wish I would have gone home, shaved the beard, and walked back into the game, and nobody would have recognized. Oh, the ref that would have been so me. good. That but, would have been so good. I like. I do feel like I, I want to talk to him. I, I really do because I feel like he told me he told me and one of the assistant coaches to to shut up. Essentially, two grown yeah. men like like wearing wearing black and white does not give you the right to to say that to a grown man. Like that's just how I grew up, right? And just like, come on, man, like you got to protect our players. And I, I think I would have that conversation calmly. Um, but yeah, I've thought about that a lot. I wanted to go back that night and I couldn't. That would have been so good if he shaved. Oh my goodness. You got to see, you got to film stuff like that, dude. Put that on Instagram. That is the content I follow you for. Uh, shaving my beard or getting kicked out? Getting kicked out of a game and then shaving your beard and sneaking back in. That is gold. That would go viral. You would never have to pay bills again. Okay. So I, I, 
I did. I don't have that video because I didn't do it. But I do have video of me shaving, and I do have video of me getting kicked out of the game. And I will send it to you right after. This. Oh, I need that. <laughs> yes. Okay, I will wait. not be posting that on social media. Uh, but <laughs> yes, can't wait. I will send it to you right after this. So essentially, it was a weird week. Um, and it was one of those things that, like, okay, it was not perfect of me. Like, it was not the perfect way for me to react. But at the same time, I acted naturally out of a good intention. And I, I, I guess because people know me, like, people there at that school community, like, that is my church home more than any parish. Like, that school it really is my parish home. And because they know me, it wasn't this crazy guy yelling. It was, they all saw it as somebody sticking up, like, for people that he loves. And like that was special for me because it took something that like I used to really get in trouble for and ma- it made me an outcast like all this ang- all the anger things and it it made it I felt righteous and it came across as righteous anger trying to defend those that I love. So it was a really interesting night for me. Yeah, I think I think hearing you explain it after you asked my initial reaction has made me side a bit more with you. I still don't think I would have done it, but I we are also just different people. Um, like your God of War uh, scream, is that what that's called? God of War. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was pretty natural for you, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. <laughs> that was like one of eight takes. <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. So that's cool. I'm I'm proud of you, dude. I'm proud of you, and that's it's cool that that families love you. I think that's important. Yeah, it was really neat. So okay, that's the story of me getting kicked out of a high school basketball game where I am the campus minister. It went very different than I thought that it would go, but it is what it is. It happened. Um. Yeah. So we're gonna come back, and Father Anthony's going to be our guest, but not be here. Stay tuned to figure out what the heck that means. Don't go anywhere. But we'll be right back. Yeah. Christopher. Why? Do you or anyone you love have a beard, lips, or skin? You. I have a beard, lips, and skin. No. What do I have? No hair, no beard. <laughs> no hair and no beard. Well, um, Daddy just shaved off his beard. What do you think about that? He just has a mustache. I don't have a mustache. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Oh. I don't have a mustache, you silly boy, but I am regrowing my beard. And the biggest reason that I shaved it off is because I didn't take good care of the last one. So I'm going to take very good care of my next one with Catholic Beard Balm. And you have hair on your cheeks. <laughs> I do have hair on my cheeks. If you or anyone you love have a beard, lips, or skin, you can go to ForteCatholic.com slash beard and get all the great products for for your beard, lotions, and oils, and combs. And lipstick. And Not lipstick, but lip balm. You can get lip balm for your lips. So all you ladies who have lips, and if you have skin, any of you who have skin, there's lotion. ForteCatholic.com slash beard to get 11% off. And if we just got a new way to purchase this. So if you've gotten this discount before, you can get it again. Get it right now for Christmas time. It's the greatest gift that we've ever received after Jesus. Amen. Christopher, where are your socks? Um, They're in the dirty hamper. In the dirty hamper because they're dirty? Yes. What is your coolest pair of socks? Um, Green pair of socks, I guess. You have a green pair of socks. Do you know what my coolest pair of socks are? The church ones. The church ones, exactly. All the, all the socks from Sock Religious. So I want everybody to go buy yourself some socks for the stockings, some socks for yourself, and some socks for all of your loved ones. Loved ones? Lugged ones, I guess. And loved or loved, who cares? Uh, ForteCatholic.com slash socks gets you 15% off and will make you the coolest person on Christmas morning, well, I guess other than Jesus. 
Welcome back to Forte Catholic, the game where everything is made up and the points absolutely do not matter. And we actually don't even have points today, so I'm not quite sure what that means. But I'm still here with the good old boy, uh, Division Two athlete John Blevins. John, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. We got right into it. Uh, so I never really asked you how you were, I don't think, but I'm glad that you're doing well. Uh, your Detroit Lions lost me some money again, so I'm not very happy with that. I kind of feel like when I bet on the Lions, it's because of my friendship with you, and I am one and three on my bets on the Detroit Lions this year. Oh, okay. You should actually ask me ahead of time whether or not I think they're going to cover, because I'm like, I, I think for the Lions this year, I'm pretty sure as far as the spread goes that I've only lost one game. Really? See, I, that's fascinating because most of the time people who are fans of a team are blinded to... They always think they're going to be better than they actually are. Yeah. I mean, they've done well this year, like as far as being in games. Right. And so uh, it's, it's been good. And and then I knew, I mean, I absolutely knew they were going to get destroyed by the Vikings. Absolutely knew it. And they will beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, well, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go with your bet either. So <laughs> okay, buddy, we'll talk about it soon. Okay. So as promised, uh, we have Father Anthony here, but he's not here. Now, what the heck could that possibly mean? Explain it. Okay. So I was playing video games with Father Anthony yesterday. Um, as we're recording this, this is Monday. I was talking to him yesterday. He sent me his homily because the last time Father Anthony came on, in the last segment, we talked through one of his homilies. And it was one of the greatest experiences of my life as a layperson. It's one of the most empowered moments of my life because I got to do what I always want to do when I sit during a homily is banter with the priest about something that he said. I got to interrupt the priest um, with something funny or something like that was weird. Or I got to, um, and then the, the final thing that I got to do that was ultimately, ultimately satisfying is Father Anthony was just droning on and on and on. And I got to cut off his homily because we were out of time for the end of the show. And I've <laughs> never felt more power given to a layperson. So Father Anthony sent me his homily from this weekend, the second Sunday of Advent. Second Sunday of Advent? Yes. There were yeah. two candles. Okay. He sent it to me. And we're playing video games. And as you know, as the professional gamer that you are, that you can Bluetooth your phone into your headphones. So as I'm talking to Father Anthony and playing video games with him, in between rounds, I'm listening to this homily. And I listened to about a minute and a half of it. And just in real time, I started like poking fun at it and also being like, oh, I didn't know that before. And, and then poking fun at it and then poking fun at it and then poking fun at it. And I... I asked him about it. I was like, like, you know what you did when you sent this to me, right? Like, you know what you've done. And he goes, yeah, I absolutely know that you're going to take this, put it on the show, and tear it to shreds. He said, I want to get better, and I want the real feedback. <laughs> so this is our new segment called Improving Father Anthony's Homilies. Are you ready for this, John? I am ready for this. So here, it's weird because I actually he sent it to me as well and I listened to it and I liked it. So I'm excited to see what you're going to say. OK, well, good. Maybe I'll play the devil on the shoulder and you can play the angel. How's that? Perfect. OK, so without further ado, the first time we've ever had a guest through recording is Father Anthony Sharapa. And the last time the three of us were together on this show was, John, you, your first time that you were a guest on this show. It's literally the only ever time it has ever happened. So are you ready for this? Here we go. I am ready. Okay, we're just going to listen, and I'm going to pause it if if I have a thought, 
and you just yell out the word pause if you want me to stop, okay? Great. All right, three, two, one. 400 years. 400 years. Okay, we're, we're, we just started, and I, I got to talk about this intro. He says the word 400 years, and then I'm intrigued, and then he stutters and says it again. I'm not sure why he did this. Do you have any idea? I think he's trying to emphasize, you know, it's trying to emphasize it. The first thing I thought of was like, since the Lions have won a game. <laughs> 400, 400 years. years. <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued at his 400 years. You're intrigued by it. And I, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure, quite sure about that rhetorical device. Okay, let's continue. Years of silence. From the end of the time, the last prophet Malachi to John the Baptist. Okay, now here's the thing. I did not know that. I did not know that the 400 years, 400 years that he let us know at the beginning was the amount of time from the last prophet until John the Baptist. Were you aware yeah. of this? Uh, I learned it once in school, but I did not remember it. Okay. Uh, we're in your D1 school where you went, were you super cool. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep but going. It was hard to imagine. It must have been even harder for the people of Israel who had been guided by God for so many years in so many powerful ways. And God had always spoken to them through the prophets. And sometimes it was words of encouragement. Sometimes it was letting them know of their punishment. Speaking of their punishment, okay. In the first reading this weekend, I'm assuming you went to Mass, yes? Of course. Okay. So I walked into Mass late. That's another story for another day. Check out the Instagram for that story. Um, but I walked in late and the first thing that I heard... First thing was my friend, who's the music director, coughing into his microphone. It's the first thing that I heard. The second thing that I heard was the reading where it was like, even now the axe is at the trees, ready to pummel the tree. And I'm like, that's really serious, Jesus. That's a really serious <laughs> thing. It's just like, oh, if you're not holy enough, I will cut you with an axe. That's what I heard from God this Sunday at Mass. Oh. I like that. Words to live by. I'm inspired. <laughs> I was terrified. I'm glad that you're inspired by that. So far, your little... Wait. So far, your comment is more inspiring than Father Anthony's homily, but I'm excited because I know it gets better. Boy. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> he was there. At least he spoke. There was always a prophet in Jerusalem. Even if there was just... Okay. <laughs> so he's like, okay, like there were, there, were there were prophets giving threats and saying that God was going to come punish you. But at least he was talking to you. And I want to push back a little bit on this, John. Let's just put it in context. Um, you and I, we talk every now and then. I would rather you stop talking to me than you just threatening me every time we spoke. Like, so I'm not quite sure if I agree with Father on this. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me just ask you this. <clears throat> what if I, let's say that you had a pet peeve of, of something I did that got under your skin. You know, almost every time we talked, it was something I did. But you liked me still, right? We're buddies. And then I died. Like a year or two later, wouldn't you be like, man, I, w I even wish you would just annoy me again. No, I'd be like, thank God that's out of my life. <laughs> okay, so that's the difference between us. Okay? <laughs> okay, let's continue. Just one, surrounded by 400 false prophets. God was still there and God spoke. But after Malachi, for 400 years, there was no prophet in Israel. Now, why do you think God did that? He just he just was like, ah, we'll give him 400 years. Yeah, I'm sure there were tons of prophets. No one listened to him. We didn't write him down. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> J- John Blevins uh, calling into question this, the ho- holy basis of Scripture, but you know, whatever. The missing books. The, the missing books. <laughs> right, that's, a, that's like a weird turn. Let's continue. But maybe we know a bit of that feeling. The silence of God. It's maybe one of the most frustrating things as a Christian when we pray and it seems like God doesn't speak. This is all of my prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now I wouldn't go as far as to say that I am the same as the Israelites who waited for 400 years, but the point's still taken. The point's still taken. Do you ever ever feel dry in prayer? It's like, yes, that's my spiritual life. Every day but Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas. All right. We go to prayer and it feels dry and empty. We offer a prayer asking for something and it seems like heaven is silence. But even the silence of God is for our benefit, for our aid, and for our salvation. That's, you've heard this. I haven't listened to the... We, we've already passed where I, I said, I'm going to stop now so I can give my real, live, honest feedback. Does he get into to why that is good? Why is it a good thing that God is silent? Does he get into that? Yeah, he does. Okay, let's keep going. I trust him, but you trust him more. Because that experience of the silence of God is not meant to discourage us. That discouraging voice, God is not listening. Why bother praying? Why spend your time? That voice in the back of our head does not come from God. It comes from hell. I was going to say it comes from me. I feel like that's my voice. <laughs> but maybe we need, to, we need to be clear real quick because I don't know what kind of churches you go to or what, what your average Catholic church is in your state. But uh, most churches I've been to in my life, what he just said is rare. And I applaud him for it because people are afraid to talk about evil. They're afraid to talk about hell. And so that right there inspired me. I'm, see, we're very different. It inspired you and it condemned me because I was like, that's what my internal voice sounds like. And he's like, that's from hell. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Quit talking to the devil, Taylor. <laughs> if we enter into the silence, even though it's difficult, even though it's frustrating, what that does is it prepares our hearts. It should open them up. That silence should increase the desire to get us ready because God will speak, because God is the word. But do we sacrifice that time to enter into that silence? And for us, it isn't 400 years. It's maybe that 15 minutes of prayer that we try to spend in the day. It might last for weeks. But if we are faithful to God, he is always faithful to us. Oh. Father Anthony getting all spiritual and stuff. I didn't know he had it in him. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Bearded Blevins, hot take. But really, Israel wasn't without the prophets. Hadn't all the prophets spoke? They had the Old Testament, the Word of God. And so in that time, they had 400 years to meditate, to prepare, to get ready. Because you can't just read the Word of God and be like, ah, I got it, I'm done. It's not like a book like that. No, it's supposed to enter into us and prepare us. And so often we're... Okay, so that's actually some pretty good advice for uh, the dry times, which is the the 30 years of my life. So what what does he say there, John? What is he saying about what we need to be doing uh, in comparison to what the Israelites did for 400 years? Uh, I think he's trying to say that 
it's important it's important to remember the story like remember the story of salvation to as i'm huge on salvation history right now um, and how like people need to know what salvation history is and what happened and if we're ever feeling dry like look back to and relate to other people who felt dry and know that there is light at the end of the tunnel like jesus then shows up and then he's risen and we one day will be as well and so it's good to remember the the joy that comes in the morning yeah and for me it's like a lot of times when i get dry in prayer or my spiritual life feels dry it's because i want something new i want something i haven't experienced yet and i think that this reminder is like everything you've ever needed to hear has already been said and you've probably heard it you just need to hear it again uh in a new way in this light in this season uh good job father anthony i've been making fun of you this whole time but good job okay (laughs) frustrated in prayer because we don't hear God and yet we don't go back to where he speaks we don't open up the scriptures yeah that's what I just said father or we so easily forget those moments of grace when we heard God speaking to us clearly those moments of grace in your life they're not just moments they're fountains you can go back to them what did God say to you what was the fruit from that prayer that still stays alive. Go back, pray, give thanks. I've never been to a mountain or a fountain that bears fruit, so we're mixing metaphors there, but I'll, I'll let him have it. <laughs> All of this to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Lord Jesus. And then finally, after 400 years... You hear his signal that it's time to be done with Mass? Did you I was that? just going to say, hold on. That was amazing. And also, it, w- it was a perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> We need a signal from God. Big, 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 big. <laughs> Scripture says, John the Baptist appeared. And John the Baptist was like that first light in the dawn. The sun hasn't come up above the horizon, but there's light. It's a preparation, which is also so important. Because we're not ready to gaze right at the sun. We need to be prepared. Because the love of God is so intense for you. You have to get ready. Because you and I so often spend long times in darkness, in distraction, in sin. And so to experience the light of God all at once, all right away, would burn our eyeballs out, spiritually speaking. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that, that, like, that is the most Father Anthony of the, of the homily so far. That's like Twitter Father Anthony, and it, it's funny to hear him say it in front of parishioners. What's great is, like, he. I think he didn't plan on saying that. He was like, it will burn our eyes out, and then he tries to fix it by saying, spiritually speaking. I'm like, still doesn't help. Like, I don't want my eyes to burn physically. I don't want my eyes to burn spiritually. I'm not sure what to do with that. So maybe stick to your notes there, Father Anthony. And John the Baptist is preaching in the desert. He doesn't go through the cities or towns. No, he's, he's out there, in the middle of nowhere. And so if people want to hear him, they have to go out. They have to go into the desert. And that is partially what we are doing in Advent. This is a big point for me at Mass yesterday. So like he, you know, this is his, uh, his homily for this weekend. And I'm sitting at Mass, and one of the biggest things that... I learned last Advent, but like, you know, with John the Baptist, like in the desert, make uh, prepare a way, f- prepare a way for the Lord, right? Um, a voice cries out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. I never knew where that comma was supposed to be. I always thought um, a voice cries out in the desert, comma, prepare the way of the Lord. 
Yeah. But it's actually a, a voice cries out, comma, in the desert, prepare a way for the Lord because it calls back to something in the Old Testament. And that like that hit me in a special way because of like the dryness in my prayer recently. And it's like, and it, it, I felt like it was God saying like, look, you're in this desert place, which is weird because it's winter and you don't think about deserts in the winter, right? You think about <laughs> deserts with Lent, but it's like in the desert, in, in the, in the rough parts of your spiritual life, that's where you prepare the way of the Lord. That's where he's working. And that's where he's going to come. Like that was, that was big for me yesterday. Amen, dude. Amen. Amen to you. God's calling you. There is a light coming above the horizon, but you have to respond to it. You have to do something. And it's as simple as walking out of what you're used to. Walking out of the city, walking out of the noise, getting away from your phones, your job, whatever it is. You have to respond. Because if our hearts don't respond, they're going to remain closed up. That desert is also once again a place of silence. And so we need to make a desert in our lives. Something. Father Anthony told me another story about a, a preaching that he heard. Uh, I'll let him tell the full story, but it was somebody who came out and they were uh, like dressed up as St. Joseph. And they retold like the Christmas story from the perspective of St. Joseph. Okay. And uh, going with Father Anthony's silence point, my idea would, would be that I dress up as St. Joseph to come tell the story from my perspective and just stand on stage for five minutes and not <laughs> say an absolute word because Joseph never said anything. Yes, <laughs> that's that how, is amazing. That is how I respect silence. The only time that I am quiet is to prove a point. <laughs> <laughs> and for us, it can be very small. And I know how busy you are. I can barely conceive it, but you are. And so the answer is so many times when we preach about prayer, it's, Father, I'm too busy. And you're absolutely right. You're too busy. Boom. Boom. But if you carve out that time, if you take a few steps into that desert to experience God, that's what transforms a life. Because if God is not the center, your life will be one damn thing after another. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Did it, he just say damn? Did he just cuss in a homily? He did. That's fire. Wow. Fiery. Wow. Father Anthony. I should. I guess I should have screened this. Sorry. <laughs> but if you allow God into your heart, you begin to experience the fullness of life. Eternity that God offers you. And that begins now. Most especially in this time of Advent. As we wait. As we go. I do have to say this. So as a person who gives talks for a big part of my living... I do have to applaud him. We are exactly halfway through his homily. And I think saying that provocative word, that's the moment in the middle. You always want to reset whenever you're trying to prove, you're trying to speak, yep. you're trying to prove a point. You always want to have a reset moment where everybody that's falling asleep at this point in the homily wakes up. And that was it. I just want to yeah. applaud oh. him for that because that was Your father said what? I'm sure how many times, how many people were, no one can see me. How many people were like nudging their neighbors? Did you hear what he just said? <laughs> like, no, I don't listen to homilies. I'm listening now. Go out to meet the Lord. That's what you heard in the opening prayer at the first week of Advent. And it's what you heard again in the opening prayer. We're not simply waiting around for God. We're running out to meet him. There needs to be our response. And so Israel does respond. People from all over the place are going out into the desert. And it was just as impractical then as it is now. But they're excited 
because their hearts are ready. God is speaking again. And the message is different. So often, the message is about the nation, what's going to happen to the people of Israel. But now something different. He's speaking about the kingdom of heaven. And this is where salvation lies. And this is what God was teaching Israel from decade to decade, century to century, opening their hearts to be ready, not for an earthly kingdom, but for the kingdom of heaven. But you and I so often don't want the kingdom of heaven. We want an earthly kingdom and we want it now. It's my earthly kingdom and I want it now. I actually do want my earthly kingdom. <laughs> I and I want it to be my way in heaven. Taco Bell every day. You don't get fat. It's just, mm. Uh, getting fat's not the problem after eating Taco Bell. That's, we can talk about that. Good point. Time. It's the opposite. <laughs> and so we look to our grades or our jobs or to our politicians for a salvation that will never come. Salvation comes through Christ. The kingdom of God breaking into the world. But first it has to break into your hearts. If you want to change the world, allow God into your heart. Realize that he's already there through your baptism. And this message begins to stir Israel and stir their hearts. And what do they do? They begin to admit their sins. These people are being baptized by John for repentance and admitting their sins. Go to confession this Advent. This message is brought to you by Taylor Schroll and Forte Catholic and everyone involved with it. Amen. And John the Bonds. So often... You and I, we make excuses for our sins because we're so busy and after all, our husband was nagging at us and all this other stuff and we never acknowledge our sins. Pause. What about the wives? I know. I was about to say, like, uh, <laughs> Father, you're doing a great job, but you're really not speaking to me because I've never had a husband, so I don't know, don't understand what you're talking about. He's probably one of those priests that begins every Mass with sisters and brothers instead of oh, brothers and sisters. Uh, all gender binaries. <laughs> If we don't acknowledge, if we don't realize who we are without Christ, and who we are without Christ is something completely empty, then we're going to still try desperately to find our own salvation apart from Him. It never works. It never gets us anywhere. But if we say, It gets us somewhere. Hell. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, yes, God, I am a sinner. I have screwed up, and it was my fault. Sure, there were circumstances, but God was... So, do you, Father Anthony is speaking in our voice now, but do you think that he actually meant that, that he actually has made a mistake in his life and just admitted fault? Do you think that that's yes, real? Yes, I do. I do. I think that was the first time. It's, it's big of him, and we have it on recording. The first time Father Anthony ever admitted to doing something wrong and had some remorse. I'm proud of you, buddy. It was my fault. That prepares the heart to receive forgiveness. That's going to be a new audio drop on the show, by the way. Father Anthony's saying, it was my fault. <laughs> How often have we gone to confession and afterwards we still feel kind of eh, empty? Maybe it's because... Eh is for empty? I, I guess I live in a house with too many children that are sounding out their phonics. Eh is for <laughs> empty. It's good enough for me. <laughs> because deep down inside, we're still making excuses. We're still afraid that God doesn't love sinners. He does. But for some people... They need a stronger word. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, they're coming out as well, but their intentions aren't as honest as the other people. And John knows this, and he will not allow it. And he says, you brood of vipers. Imagine if I preached like that. You brood of vipers. How he actually wants to preach all the time. Amen. <laughs>
But why? Because if our hearts are hardened, they need to be shaken up. So often we think that sometimes God is angry, sometimes God is merciful. That's not how it works. God is love. But the fire of God... Okay, we got to talk about this. Sometimes God is mercy, sometimes God is angry. He is, though. (laughs) Like, God is always love. And he is very angry multiple times in the Old Testament. He's also always merciful. And as we saw in the last segment, you can be angry and still loving because that's what I proved by getting kicked out of the basketball game. That is who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. <laughs> you are perfect in all of your ways, Jonathan Blevins. Yeah, thank you. God's love will affect us differently depending on where our hearts are. If we are bitter, if our hearts are closed off, then that fiery love of God will burn us. It'll burn our eyes out. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, of course. Spiritually. It'll be painful. We'll, we will experience it as wrath. But if our hearts are open, if we admit our sins and who we really are, then the fire of God is a warmth and a light and a salvation. John the Baptist says, don't take pride in who you think you are. You think because you descend from Abraham that you're special. And we do similar things. But Father, I'm a good person. But Father, at least I show up to Mass. But Father, get him. Don't take pride in any of that. <laughs> you want him to get him, huh? What, what do you get want him. him. What do you want him to do, huh? He's calling out the people that, I like that. He's calling out the people who think that they're doing enough. And that's a lot of people in the pews. That's a lie. You're never enough. Doing <laughs> <laughs> what you're supposed to do. Don't try to be saved by what you do. Salvation comes from Christ. And don't be discouraged either, because even though our hearts, they're very often rocky, Jesus Christ indeed does raise children from our stony hearts. He makes us children of Abraham by faith. Even more profoundly, he makes us children of the Heavenly Father. He can do that with any heart. Are we willing to listen and be open to that? And all this John does to prepare for the coming of Christ. But that message was not just for then. It was not just for Christmas. It is for us now. Because Christ is coming again. And we have to have all the same energy of those Israelites running out into the desert. All the same honesty. Searching for repentance. Admitting our sins. Because Christ is coming again. And that light, right before the dawn, that is the church. She speaks to us of the real light of Christ. She guides us. She's our mother. It's because of her that we have access to Christ, most especially in the sacraments, most especially in this sacrament. Yes, Christ is coming again at the end of time. We need to be ready for it, but are we even ready for tonight? Where God comes to us. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. Where are our hearts? What a beautiful closing. Like that, I know that there's 30 seconds left. Look at him connecting it to what's literally about to happen on the altar through his magic hands. I'm so proud of him. I do love when priests do that. I'm glad he did it. I also am glad that he has now, for the third time, I believe, said that salvation comes through Christ. And that's pretty cool that he's connecting that the whole time. Good job, Padre. Tonight. 
So it's only a few moments, a few prayers, before the dawn of Christ in the Eucharist arises before our eyes. But it doesn't take much. Just the movement of the heart. Just God, help me to do this. Help me to want this. Even by sitting and standing and kneeling in your pews, you can run forth in your heart to meet the God who loves you. The God who delights in you. The God who is coming to save you. Beautiful ending, but he did just say that I can run while kneeling, and that's very confusing. <laughs> that's yeah, it's impossible. I've tried. Wait, you've tried? I've tried. I had to do that for our Division One tryouts. That's the that's the video content that I need in my <laughs> life. Uh, uh, John, like that segment, I, I enjoyed that. What was your What was your feelings uh, overall about Father Anthony Somley? Uh very well done. I think he's uh, he's he's just an awesome guy in general. It's, I'll be a little biased because I love him, but. Very well done. I mean, preaching is one of the things I think that is hurting our church a ton right now. Uh, just poor preaching. And that was not poor preaching. He connected all the readings, even not ex- even if he didn't do so explicitly. Um, he definitely did. And yeah, I loved it. A, I'm going to give that one. I'm going to give that one. An a. It's funny because you're giving it an A, but what you said was Father Anthony's homily, not poor, bearded blevins. So that's what's <laughs> going to be the caption for this episode. Uh, and, and Father Anthony, I, I said at the beginning, he knew exactly what he was getting when he sent this to me. He knew that he was going to get the, the poking fun of, but he also knew that he was going to get this. Uh, I loved it. I loved it, and I would love to be uh, in a parish where th- this type of preaching was ha- happening all the time. I've told him forever that I would love to be in his parish, but alas, I am 24 hours away from that man at all times because of the restraining order. Um, so uh, <laughs> that, that actually brings us to a close for our show today, John. Like, that's it. We had such a long segment with Father Anthony that we're done here. Oh, wow. That was a lot of fun, though. I, I appreciate that, my friend. Well, good. It was something different, something we had to do. Thank you, Father Anthony, for sending me the audio, even though it was terrible audio and I had to clean it up as much as I could. It didn't sound great. Uh, all of that's Father Anthony's fault. You can send him hate mail to his email because he's not on Twitter right now. But, uh, John, I appreciate you your time as well. I appreciate your loving patience with me. You are anger and you are mercy all the time, and you are so much mercy for me as we're getting set up in order to hear the great Father Anthony's voice. I appreciate it. You are welcome. I always enjoy this. It was fun, man. Um, Well, I hope that you have a good rest of your Advent. I will see you after Christmas. Everybody else, I will see you next week. Say it! Christopher, do you know what Patreon is? No. No? Well, neither does any other people. Patreon's a way for me to be able to feed you. Do you like to eat? Yes. What's your favorite food? Yogurt. Yogurt. Well, I can't buy you any yogurt unless people give to patreon.com slash Catholic. They can get all the bonus content like me struggling through this to try to edit content out of what Christopher is talking about. So if you want more bonus content like my son, we'll maybe get my daughter in here at some point now that we're recording in the home that they live in. Uh, but you also get great bonus content with our guests and our co-hosts. Hey, Christopher, I love you. I love you too. Oh, thank you, Bubba. Bye. And oh, you have more? Why do we have a church? So we can go and pray all together. Do you like praying with other people? No. Well, that's because people suck. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, say see ya. See ya. Bye. And read about the Bible.